Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to start a series today called Fan Fanatic Follower, and you need to identify where you're at. Yeah. Amen. When it comes to the kingdom of God. What I love about this time of the year is that college football allows us to preach things like the kingdom of God is like college football. Amen. As Jesus did, the kingdom of God is like a man who went and sowed seed in a field. Or the kingdom of God is like a man who took a, a net and threw it out. Back in that day, you understand there was a lot of people farming and a lot of people fishing. But in today's society, there's a lot of people watching Saturday football. And man, when you begin to look at the culture that's identified there, you understand there should be a kingdom culture. It should become identifiable whom you have your allegiance to. Amen. But you understand, anytime we see something on a Saturday, there's three types of people that are typically around. There's a fan, there's a fanatic, and then there's a follower. And we're going to define all those in the next three weeks. Amen? Before we get into the Word today, in fact, I'll go ahead and give you the first part of the Scripture so you can begin to turn there as I give you a little update on a few things that have taken place. Um, go over to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23. We're going to start over there. Um, but I just want to thank everybody who came and participated this season with West Augustine Youth Development as we were out there four home games and Saturday was our homecoming game. I just want to go ahead and applaud you and thank you for what you did to come out and be a part of that event. Uh, each of those Saturdays, you know, we help facilitate uh, the football. It was about us getting into a community. You know, uh, it's not about these one-time events. It's about just living life with people. Amen? And there are needs in our community. Uh, we understand as a church there's spiritual needs with people. But a lot of times you can't even impact people spiritually until you just get around them enough. Amen? And so you've got to find how can we as a church insert ourselves into places in society where, number one, we become welcomed. Amen? And as a result, our light can begin to shine, and they're like, we're not what that we thought about them. There's people who have perceptions about church. You understand? And some, rightly so, because they've been around people who called themselves churches but aren't really churches. Okay? Uh, but... The true thing of God can be clearly seen, amen, when we demonstrate it effectively. And so, man, we had a great time yesterday in 11 o'clock service. Pastor Roddy and the 22 people who came with him are going to be in service with us, amen? And so we're excited about that. And I just want you to know if you hadn't heard Burning Bush, it might be worth you hanging out for a second service, amen? Because I might let him come up here and blow up the platform for a little bit, amen? It'd be fun. And so we just had a great time, man. We're able to just uh, spend time with uh, uh, families in our community that live here. Uh, each Saturday when we had home games, and I've, been, I've actually enjoyed watching the games myself. Um, it's been difficult for me to assign people to the chain, uh, first down markers, you know, because it's a great vantage point when you're watching the game. And so I enjoy kind of holding it and watching the game as we go because some of them kids hit. And I almost wish we could set up a camera to do the whole thing because there was one kid that put a hit on somebody yesterday. I was like, oh like that. It was awesome. And I looked at my son, and he's like, we can't film everything. I'm like, but that was a massive hit. It was textbook. I mean, he hit him right, got him right there in his hamstrings, put that face mask right in the front of his chest, picked him up, and drove him to the ground. It was awesome. Hallelujah. Don't be concerned about concussions. It wasn't a head-to-head -head deal. It was just textbook tackling. 
Amen. And so anyway, some of y'all need to wrap up on your enemy and try to, instead of just hitting them like that, you know, and let the devil bounce off you and keep running, man, you need to wrap him up, put him to the ground, drive him down and say, you defeated. Okay, now you see what I'm talking about when I get excited about those things. See, these are types and shadows. But I do want the church to be aware, okay, that Colby Wright, who's come to multiple services in our partnership, okay, Colby said this yesterday when he texted out to the West Augustine League. He said, parents, I just want to say thank you for your support today. Today was an awesome day for the kids. Also, Anchor Faith has been an amazing partner, has been an amazing partner for us all year with their support in helping us with game day operations. As a way of just showing how thankful we are, we are cho choosing Sunday, October 14th, that's next Sunday at 11 a.m., as an optional opportunity to fellowship with them in service. Anyone who would like to attend is invited. We're asking players that choose to come to wear their jerseys and khaki pants or shorts. Now, listen, if, if, the, if the league shows up, there will not be room in the church. I said there won't be room. Amen. Well, isn't that awesome? That we could be, be an impact in a community that there was enough appreciation. They're like, you know, come and celebrate God with us. Amen. Because you understand, next season will roll around. And next season we will be there. Because it's not about an event. It's about living life with people. And I told Colby last night when we were giving away the bikes, and I believe Pastor Roddy said about 150 people raised their hand to be born again last night. Amen. And as a result of that, you understand, I said, you know, let me know. Um, uh, let's get together and let's start planning out next year. Right? Because I'm telling you, you've got to go touch people. And, and it's at four Saturdays. It's so easy. Four Saturdays to be able to go and be able to touch people's lives and tell them God loves you. And, man, just the relationships that I've been able to connect with, some other people that are believers that are just in the community. We're able to get together. I was talking with one coach, and just he was in tears, said, we've been praying for a year that somebody could come and help partner with us. And you guys have done that. He said, you think y'all going to come back next year? I said, yes. I'll be here till you tell me I can't come. Amen. Because we live in this community, and that's what the church is supposed to do, you know. We, we sometimes tout from the platform, you know, church is not these walls. Well, if that's true, then you got to get out and actually do that. Amen. And getting out is not, let's do an evangelistic event only where we're trying to invite people so you can preach to them. You want to preach to them? Just show up. Sit in a stand. You know, root for their team. Have some, some, some camaraderie in a community and then say, hey, what can we do to help? Then they're like, what is it about you? Well, his name's Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So, man, we had a great time, a great season. Um, you know, most of the teams are good enough. They're going to be going to the playoffs. And so, you know, their season's not done. I mean, they still got some regular seasons, uh, games still, and then we'll get into playoffs. Then there's the banquet, and I definitely want to, uh, help support the banquet. Last year, we bought all the trophies for the whole thing. Yeah. And so I want to be able to do something again, just show our appreciation, right? Because, you know, they're out there working and practicing, playing hard, and, um, you know, you're starting to try to develop character at such a young age. Amen? 
All right. Well, if you got your Bibles, again, we're in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. We're going to start this passage of Scripture, but I'm going to define the terms fan, fanatic, and follower, okay? First of all, a fan is an enthusiastic devotee, usually as a spectator, an ardent admirer or enthusiast. This is all from the Merriam-Webster uh, dictionary, okay? They're an enthusiastic devotee, usually a, uh, as a spectator, an ardent admirer Enthusiast, but then you become a fanatic. A fanatic is marked by excessive enthusiasm and often intense, uncritical devotion. I mean, these people are, uh, are, are sold out to a whole nother level than a fan. All right? But there's one beyond a fanatic. A fanatic is a follower, and a follower is someone who supports and is guided by another person, one that imitates another. I said one that imitates another. In, in essence, their identity gets lost in the one they're following. In fact, the one they're following becomes their identity. Amen. And so we can see then, and we'll see some types and shadows here when it comes to uh, athletics that we can see every Saturday, that there are people that are fans, there are fanatics, and there are followers. And we're going to kind of do some types and shadows here when it comes to the kingdom of God. Because you understand, Jesus Christ literally said this. He said that you are to uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. He said, unless a man loses his life, it won't be saved. He said that you must believe with your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave, and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And we've, been, we've just preached and finished a, a series on Sunday considering supreme, yes, where we talked about the lordship of Christ, where we're saying, you are supreme in authority of my life. I take my directions from you. Why? Because he's God who loves us and God who rules and reigns forever. He is the king. Amen? And so we need to be more than a fan of Christ. We need to be more than a fanatic of Christ. We need to be a follower of Christ. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples when he went by Peter and uh, John and James, that group, the, uh, some fishermen, he, says, he said, you've been fishers, uh, a fisherman, but I'll make you fishers of men. Come, follow me. So Jesus then expects us to be followers. And we've got to determine what a real follower looks like so that we can say, am I that? Am I that? Amen. Because you understand there's this thing in, in, in our society, especially in the United States of America, called casual Christianity. And that means we kind of like to get our foot in the door with Jesus, but we still like a door, a foot outside the door because there's things in the world we like. Amen. And Jesus says you can't be like that. He said, a house divided against itself can't stand. That's why I don't really care for those uh, tags that people put on their uh, front of their vehicles, house divided. They like one team, like the other, basically confessing, confessing my house ain't, is not stable. <laughs> Amen. Types and shadows, that's all I'm saying, all right? I'm not saying, but I like them, they like them. That means our marriage is going to fall apart. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's a biblical principle, a house divided cannot stand. Amen. And so you need to get sold out to whatever it is that you put your allegiance to. Amen. And we'll see this more and more. And again, the world is looking for something that they can give their all to. 
The problem is a lot of them move towards uh, something like college football or athletics in general, and we'll see through the next couple of weeks that there is a massive passion when it comes to athletics, specifically college football. In fact, it is so passionate that in the Bible it would be considered idolatry. Now, that's hard. That's a hard word sometimes. Like, whoa, you call, I don't worship other idols. Okay, you'll determine that on your own. I'm not going to determine that for you, but I will bring it from the word, and if it shoe fits, then you might want to burn that shoe and make sure you're with Jesus. That's all I'm saying. Amen. Now, I would have to do an open confession right now that in my life I had been a fanatic when it came to the University of Florida. Okay? And when we talk about that, you'll say, oh, Pastor Earl was that. Today, I am a fan. So I'm really just a fan of the, uh, of the University of Florida today. And so, you know, Pastor Roddy is an LSU fan. He'll be with us uh, next service. Amen. He told me that if they won, he was going to wear his LSU jersey. If they lost, he's letting his daughter wear it, and he's going to wear his church jersey. So he's kind of on the fence right now. I'll find out what he wears when he gets here at 11 o'clock, right? And so I had myself prepared for Sunday period. If, the, if Florida had lost, my joke would have been I was going to have Pastor Roddy win, uh, preach this morning. But since LSU uh, lost, he's going to sit on the front row and I'm preaching. <laughs> Which isn't true because... I do what God says, but it makes for a good joke, right? Uh, but since Florida won, I'm preaching anyway. Amen. And so I'll get the last say. Hallelujah. All I have to do is just smile at him. Amen. Like many Kentucky fans are feeling for the first time in 30-something years, right? I understand. I understand. All right? And you are playing right into our narrative. You lost to Texas A&M. I need you to lose to Georgia. Florida went out. We go to the SEC championship. Thank you, Kentucky, for losing. Okay. All right. So, with that being said, Matthew chapter 4. Are you with me? Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, I'm reading out of the Message Bible. We're going to see some points about what the fan looks like. Now, I want to remind you, the Bible's about a king, his kingdom, and his royal offspring. Okay? Jesus Christ is king. God is love. That's his nature. He loves us so much that he didn't want us to be separated from him. But he, doesn't, he loved us so much that he wanted us back in the position he originally mandated or created man in the first place. And we see this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, when he said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let him have dominion or rule over the birds of the air, uh, the fish of the sea, over all the cattle, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, over all the earth. Amen? And so man was to have dominion on the planet. God would rule from the realm of heaven, and he would come and be with man in this realm called earth, or the natural realm we know that we live in today. And they would uh, function together. He would obey the Spirit of God when he speaks to him in the cool of the day, I said, in the cool of the day, in the cool of the day, and if you get Pastor Marcy's book, in the cool of the day, it'll talk to you about that intimacy. Seriously. Amen. In the cool of the day, he talked and walked and was with him. All right? The cool of the day. All right? So, amen. It's a great book. You ought to get it. But it's a reality. Man had relationship. Adam wasn't like, I can't wait to go to heaven, because heaven showed up all the time. 
okay? And remember what he told Adam. He said, now listen, you can eat from any tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for the day you eat, you'll surely die. Which brings us to this question we've said often, if Adam had never eaten the fruit, where would he be today? Which is a very powerful statement because most people think the Bible's about getting born again so you can go to heaven when the reality is being born again is bigger than just moving to heaven. God is more, more uh, passionate about having heaven impact earth than he has about us getting born again and leaving it. But religion wants us to stay in a very limited narrative because the devil don't want you to discover who you are. That you're children of God, which means you're the offspring of royalty. Because the Bible calls you a royal priesthood. Amen. You are ambassadors for Christ. Christ is the Greek word equivalent to the uh, Hebrew word Messiah, which his context is, is that this is a king who would come and set up his kingdom that would have no end and Israel would rule forever. And that's who they were looking for, not a person that would get them out of the planet. Amen. Now, if you die, you're present with the Lord. No problem. But do you know Jesus is coming back? I said, Jesus is coming back. And most of us, all we think about Jesus coming back is him taking us away. But we know he's coming back for a millennial reign on this earth. Then in the end, he creates a new heaven and a new earth. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Lord wants us to be a follower because he wants to give us back the dominion that Adam lost so that we can rule and reign in this life. And when we follow him according to his word and our image becomes in Christ, my, 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 there's nothing that could ever stop you from fulfilling your purpose. Nothing. Amen. But you got to be more than casual. You got to be all in. I said, you got to be all in. And when you get born again, it gives you access. But you can't be all in until you renew your mind and you start thinking like a follower. What you already are now in Christ. You got to change that thinking. You got to think like God. You got to grow in the things of God. And you don't want to be a fan of God. Amen. So we see here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through 25, I'm reading out the message Bible. It reads like this. For there he, this is Jesus, went all over Galilee. He used synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth of God. God's kingdom was his theme. What was his theme? God's kingdom was his theme. That beginning right now, they are under, they were under God's government, a good government. Right now. He was saying, right now you're underneath the kingdom rule. And it's a good government. It supersedes all governments on the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He goes on and says, he also healed people of their uh, diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. Word got around the entire Roman providence of Syria. People brought anybody with an ailment, whether mental, emotional, or physical. You know, whether you got a mental problem, emotional problem, or a physical problem, Jesus will heal you. And he's not waiting for you to get to heaven to do that. He wants to do it right now down on earth. Come on, I said right now. Right now. He's not recruiting He's not recruiting people who can't bear. He has the best athletes. 
Oh, my, my, my. Jesus healed them all, one and all. More and more people came. The momentum gathering. Besides those from Galilee, crowds came from the ten towns across the lake. Others up from Jerusalem and Judea. Still others from across the Jordan. Then if we jump over to Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29, then into the first verse of the 8th chapter, it reads this way again, the Message Bible. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowds burst into applause. What did they do? They burst into applause. What did they do? They burst into applause, much like, what, um, <laughs> much like what happens in the football stadium when the team makes a big play. They burst into applause. And I guarantee you, I wasn't there personally. In fact, Pastor Roddy and I had planned to go to the swamp, actually, until we found out homecoming was on the same day. Kingdom first. So that's why we did an outreach instead of went to a swamp. But as a result of that, I was with Pastor Brian, and I was looking at him, and I said, hey, Where's the game at? Because I had to put my phone away. It was about to die. And he pulled it up. We were losing 19 to 14, and it's 16, so it says 19 to 20. I said, oh, goodness, we were one point ahead, right? One point ahead. I said, well, refresh it, you know, because there was like a minute. And he refreshed it, and it was like 27. Wow, what happened? I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Yes? So then I walked away, you know, and they were doing some more, and I went and I said, final. I need to know a final because it ain't over till it's over. Right? And there, well, man, right at the end, pick six. Don't you know that the crowd burst in applause? Don't you know that everyone that was identifiable as a fan all of a sudden jumped up in jubilant rejoicing, threw their hands in the air, shouted to the top of their lungs, and my gosh, you mean when the band begins to worship the king of glory, we should throw our hands in the air, have a triumphant, my gosh, we were lost, we were separated from God, we were in despair, we were distressed, it seemed like our life was nowhere, but then Jesus, my gosh, he busted out of the grave, he conquered death, hell, and the grave, Woo! glory to God, he busted out. Amen. When it seemed like your life was at its pit end, all of a sudden pick six for Jesus and you win. Wow. No doubt. Here's Jesus on the planet, man. The people are like, what? They're screaming. They had never heard teaching like this, the Bible says. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, quite to the contrary of their religious teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Jesus came down the mountain with the cheers of the crowd still ringing in his ears. What can we take away from this concerning fans? The first thing we'll take away if you, are, if you are just a fan of Jesus is fans will gather in great numbers to see the spectacle. They'll gather in great numbers just to see the spectacle. They want to show up and be in the environment. See, just because a fan is in attendance does not mean he is following. And you know that. Just because you're in the crowd doesn't mean that you're actually following. You could just be seeing, showing up. Have you heard what Jesus is saying? Did you hear? Man, let's go see what's going on. What's the deal? Did you see the people that are being healed? Man, let's go see what's going on. Man, this guy, when he starts to talk, he doesn't sound like religious people. You got to come hear this. Well, let's go see what's going on. And they're there just to spectate. 
What? Wow. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody will start a wave. And all of a sudden, they'll just be overwhelmed. Well, it's coming. And they just get in with it. They just get in with it. Don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I'm waiting for somebody to start it over here. Come on, start the wave. Ready? There you go. Come on. There it is. Come on. Go. Come on. Come on. There it is. Now let's bring it back. Bring it back. There you go. Come on. There it is. Here it is. Just get right in it. Yep. And then I got some that are in the crowd that didn't even move. Oh, I'm preaching now. And I'm going to tell you why you're there. It's because you're thinking, well, that's just natural. That's just, right? I don't feel it. Fans may not feel something. And so as a result of it, they don't participate. But they'll be in the crowd and watch. Am I preaching? Ah, oh, man, worship will get going, man. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost will drop down in the room. People will be jumping and praising. And people will be like, well, you know, I don't feel it. You don't feel it. You were raised from the dead, man. You were lost in your transgression and sin. You are going to be eternally damned and never with God. How do you not feel it? How do you not feel it? I don't know. I mean, I can't understand. We don't want to be a fan of Jesus. We want to be all in with Jesus. Well, you know, I, which is the biggest church in the county? You know, who's doing something? And next thing you know, they show up. Well, you know, I just, I'm here to show up. I'm preaching. I've heard parents say this before. Well, you know, I, I go over there. You know, the church really ain't for me. I don't really care for it, but it's got things for my kids. Man, you don't want to do that. You want what's going to feed, right? You want to do what's going to feed. But I'm going to tell you this, man. It's amazing how often, though, even in an electric environment, because even Jesus is there, doesn't mean people are going to buy in. Even when Jesus is there, and Jesus is talking, and Jesus is doing something great. Amen. Because why? It's not an external thing. It's got to be a heart issue. It's got to be a heart issue. Are you with me? Yeah, man, there's those fans, man. They love these people as long as they're winning. Are you with me? See, fans are spectators and not participators. They like to be around the winning program, but they're not actually a part of the winning program. Amen. I said amen. I mean, they'll identify themselves with it, but they really don't know nothing about it. It's kind of like Pastor Brandon. Yeah, he doesn't know when Kentucky's playing. He didn't even know they played on Saturday. You know, I mean, he's just getting reports that they finally beat Florida. Am I telling the truth? Right? He said he's not in here now. He should have left. <laughs> but he's like, man, you know, I said, when's your team playing? I don't, I mean, he's, look, he's wearing it today. <laughs> he doesn't even know the time. He don't know the win-loss record other than, I, are we still undefeated, right? <laughs> yes, you are. You're undefeated. But no, they lost last night, right? I mean, and I don't know if he even knows that yet. 
Oh, he actually watched. Oh, he's moving over a little bit, right? Because he's like, my son's playing football, and I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, we're having conversations, you understand? I'm trying to, I'm a discipler, you understand? He goes, I don't understand these bracket things. The rankings, I will help you out. Amen. Hallelujah. So, yeah, he listens to your mom. That's right, because your mom knows football. Yeah. Kim, go ahead and stand up. This is the football guru right here. She knows how it works. There it is. So she's the, now she's been delivered of being a follower of football. That's right. She has been delivered. Amen. You'll see why here later on. Amen. All right. She's been delivered. She's a follower of Jesus. Hallelujah. She transferred the following of, uh, uh, of sports into following Jesus. It's amazing. But she still has knowledge concerning how it works. Amen. Well, let's see the next takeaway we can find out of Luke concerning a fan. This is all in the Bible. The kingdom of God is like a, a fan that follows college football, right? And that you don't want to be this with your relationship with Jesus. In Luke chapter 17, verses 12 to 17, it says, And he entered the villas, ten leprous men, who stood at a distance, met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master. Notice what they called him, Jesus, Master. They called him Master. Have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they were going, and as they were going, say as they were going. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now, they had leprosy, which means they had an incurable disease. There was no known medicine of the time that could touch it. In fact, according to the law, with the nation of Israel, if you had leprosy, you had to cry out unclean, and you had to stay away from the temple, and you had to stay outside the camp. Kind of a lonely existence. And so, verse 15, it says, Now one of them, when, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, he was a Samaritan, which means he was not a, uh, a, a Jewish, he was not a pure Jewish person. So this person should have responded like the true Jewish people did respond, and the Jewish people should have responded like he did. It says this, then Jesus answers, says, where were there not ten cleansed, but the nine, where are they? Where are they? Let me give you another passage of Scripture. Again, we're supporting all these fan-based ideas, these thought processes of an enthusiastic devotee, uh, usually a spectator. You know, we're an, uh, an ardent admirer or an enthusiast, yet they're excited about something, yet they still have massive limitations on how far in they will be. In Luke chapter 11, verses 29 to 32, it says, As the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is a wicked generation. It seeks for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it, but the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah came, uh, um, uh, became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up against this generation at judgment and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. What is he saying? 
All of a sudden, the fans showed up because they wanted to be entertained. See, the fans' only motive is to be entertained to feel better. That's what the fan wants. I want to get mine and go. So I'm in dire straits. I'm in something that's incurable. I'm in something I can't do for myself. Jesus, master, master, touch me. And the master does, and then you can't show back up. Are you with me? When trouble comes, we run to Jesus. Man, you know, I need some breakthrough. You know, I need some finances to come. I, my body, I'm sick. You know, my, my kids are running off. Uh, my this, and we run into the all. Then God does and shows mercy and extends his goodness. And then all of a sudden, well, you know, we're off running and doing what we want. And well, you know, they ain't doing anything really special in service. Nothing, you know, is really happening there. You know, it doesn't, I don't feel like going today. You know, there's nothing. Come on. Come on. You all right? I mean, surely we're beyond fan status because it shouldn't. It should be more vocal. Like, yeah, that's right. That ain't me, <laughs> right? That ain't me. I mean, I can preach this with great joy because I'm like, that ain't me. That ain't me. I mean, when I preach on sin, I can go, woo, that ain't me, yeah. right? You should be excited. But now, if it's you, then you go, oh, that's me. I repent. Just get it right. Say, so I ain't doing that no more. Yeah. I ain't gonna be like that. No, my master, my savior, my Lord's bigger than that. He deserves all my attention. He deserves to me be something bigger than just enthusiastic. Get excited when a concert shows up at church and we do a worship night or, you know, we do some big event somewhere. You know, man, I'm there because I'm dedicated. I'm bigger than a fan. I don't come just because I'm sick and then when I'm healed, I don't show up. Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, Coach Nick Saban just got on the whole student body in Alabama. I mean, half the SEC, we hate Alabama. And why do you hate them? Because they win. I don't hate them because they win. I like winners. Yeah. I'm cut from winning. Yeah. Victory's inside my spirit. Yeah. Conquering is who I am. I never get upset when blowouts. I mean, that's like God stuff to me. Leave no doubt. I told Coach Colby with the, uh, the eight and up last, yesterday, they were winning like 29 to nothing and a half. I said, I said, run it up, Coach. Leave no doubt. Just run it up. Make the other team wish they didn't show up. You say, oh, man, those poor little kids. Poor little kids. Practice harder. I mean, the devil punch you in the mouth, man. He don't care about you. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We're like trying to create a society of like, oh, let's don't run up. We don't want him to feel bad. Devil wants you to feel bad. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If you don't know how to navigate through adversity, you're going to get punched in the mouth all the time. Man, there's nothing worse than be like, I am never going to get beat down like that again. I'm going to work harder. Amen. I mean, get beat by the devil one time. You're like, that is never going to happen again. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you right now, the only time the devil will beat you down is because you leave your star player on the bench called the Holy Ghost. Amen. You leave him on the bench. I got this. No, you ain't got it. You're like, bring the Holy Ghost. I am fine. He'll like, the Holy Ghost will let you take the ball. 
You are the running back, but you've got Jesus, the word, that is your blocking fullback. And you got the Holy Ghost, which is the quarterback. And he is reading all the defense, man. He knows what the enemy's doing. And he hands it off to you. And then they will block for you as you run down the field and say, touchdown. Oh, in your face, man. We do this all day. We do this all day. So I don't get upset. Don't bother me at all. In fact, the quarterback for Alabama right now, I couldn't get upset with him. When they brought him in the game at halftime, they said, hey, how is it that you handle the pressure? I mean, they're talking national championship yeah. game. Come in the third quarter. You barely are used throughout the year. Yeah. Your starting quarterback has only lost two games in his career. Yeah. You know what he said? I just prayed in the Holy Ghost while I was, you know. Yeah. Prayed in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I love you right now. I mean, you're my brother. I don't care that you're wearing colors that I don't like right now, but you're my brother. I mean, how can you get upset at a believer praying in the Holy Ghost? Maybe they all ought to pray in tongues as he is. I mean, maybe if everybody's praying in tongues, we'd be running it up 50 or 60. Because God has no problem taking believers and placing them on platforms that they give glory to God in every sector of society. That's why the whole college uh, um, um, uh, scene is still in awe about Tim Tebow, even to this day, because of what he represents. And even though the NFL put him out, he still is touching the world because God said, I still keep my man up here because he's going to testify of me. Are you with me? Because he's not a fan. All right. Y'all with me? So fans are only motivated to be entertained to feel better. Fans want to be around the action, but never want to fully participate in the action. Fans want bragging rights without responsibility or sacrifice. You say, well, wait, Jesus is sacrifice. Jesus is the sacrifice. But you have to Discipline yourself as Jesus did. You don't die for the world. Jesus did that. But you do die to yourself. And when you die to yourself, that's a thing called work or practice or discipline. Paul said, I buffet my body. I I discipline myself so that at the end of my life, I've not disqualified myself by running a race wrong. I don't run without aim. I actually discipline myself so that I can accomplish the purpose God's called me. And if the Apostle Paul had to do that, we have to do it as believers as well. So just as you see the football, again, back to Nick Saban, here he is like, we have a championship team that's winning, probably the best team I have. And when a team comes into our stadium that y'all think's no good, you don't show up. They are practicing They are getting up early. They are hitting the weights. They are sweating. They are doing all this for the school. And yet you don't even come and acknowledge it. You much rather stay at home on your couch and pick it up in your convenience than come and participate with those who are laying down their lives. Yet you want to say, "Woo, we beat them. You weren't there. To be a rally. Amen. 
I mean, we assume, listen, all of us as believers, we go through trials and tribulations, which means even in this room, there could be someone that's going through some adversity. And you know what they need? They need their brother and sister beside them say, you got this, you got this, you just keep pushing, you just keep going, you got this. They need a cheering section. All teams love a cheering section. They love them. Go. It inspires them. You know what? I'm in adversity. I've been knocked down, but I'm going to get up. And it's another thing. I've been pouring myself out. Look up. Nobody's even here. Why? And this is why a lot of pastors get out of the pulpit. Because the congregation has put the whole church on an individual instead of saying, I am a part of what you're a part of, and let's do this thing together. You follow Jesus, I'm just going to be a fan. Yet you want the same reward the follower gets. Okay, John chapter 6, hallelujah. Go ahead, high five your neighbor and say, we got this. So we got this. Amen? Don't get quiet on me now. I mean, when you get quiet, I think you're a fan. And I got like, we're going to have to stay right here. We ain't going to go to the next one. I mean, I, I want followers. I want like, I, this you got this because I was and I'm not now. Right? Okay. John chapter 6, verse uh, 67 says it this way. Again, things we can take away from a fan says this. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? <laughs> Woo! Does this offend you? I said, does this offend you? Oh, my gosh, does this offend you? Are you with me? Does this offend you? Amen. I'm telling you, society's trying to push pastors to be politically correct in their pulpits. Hey, the word may offend you. But I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to West Augustine. I've watched the 6U, and I love Coach. Plumber, I believe is his last name. Coach, man, he sits down on that thing, and he goes, What are y'all doing, boys? What are y'all doing? This ain't daycare. This is my time. Oh, I love it, man. He's like telling them how it is. You on my time now. Now you got to get in the game. Let's do this thing. Let's get in the game. Let's do this thing. Oh, man, he's awesome. He's like, -da 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 -da. Ba -da 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 -da. get this, get this. Let's go. What are you doing out there? Hit that man. Go ahead, hit the guy. Get in there, hit him. And I don't see no parent going, you ain't talking to my son like that. I ain't seen one. I've not seen one parent go, don't you ever talk to my child like that. He's only six years old. Don't you talk to him like I have not seen it happen. In fact, I usually see parents like that. You better listen to your coach. You better listen to your coach. But I don't see it in the church. You better listen to your pastor. You better listen to your pastor. You better listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, can I get some support here? I'm only trying to give you words of life so that you can win in life and always overcome adversity. And sometimes that's like, you ain't a little kid no more. You need to get in church. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to study. This ain't daycare time no more. Amen. Hallelujah, but maybe I need to do Coach Plummer's approach. Sit down. Now, what do you think you're doing? You need to get in church. You need to quit laying out. This ain't babysitting time. We got to grow up. We got to do the things of God. The world's going to hell, and they need you to do something about it. 
I wish coach was here right now. I had like an anointing of his right now. Amen. Maybe it's because I got it yesterday. I laid hands on his, on his neck yesterday as we were finishing out. And I said, hey, thanks for letting us come. And in tears, he said, we've been praying for someone to partner with us. Because he said, are you going to be here next year? I'm going to be here. Because I love the city. And I'm going to tell you right now, West Augustine is the heart of the city. It's the heart of the city. So you want to go where the heart's at. Hallelujah. Ma, ma, ma. Does this offend you? <laughs> All right, 62. What then, if you should see the Son of God ascend where he was before, is uh, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who, would, who do not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I say to you that no one can come to me unless it had been granted to him by the Father. From that time, many of his disciples, say many, many. went back and walked with him no more. They were fans. They just wanted to see the miraculous, wanted to see him perform. Ooh, that person got healed. Ooh, look at that deaf uh, ear be open. Ooh, look at that blind eye be healed. Yesterday in, in, in the service, a lady had a deaf ear, and it opened up. Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yesterday at St. Augustine High School Stadium, Jesus is alive. Okay. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you, want to, do you also want to go away? No, he won't pull no punches. Everybody's gone. You going to? You're not going to stop me from doing my purpose. So what do we learn from this passage? Fans rather stay at home in comfort of their own homes than to have to be in the crowd. They'll show up and be entertained, but the reality is when all of a sudden the demand or the requirement to get all in shows up, It's time to go home. I watch this from my couch. It's better there anyway. I can do the replay. I can. And if you've ever been to a college game, ain't nothing like the environment. So you'll change an atmosphere for comfort. Oh, I'll just watch my favorite pastor and preacher on TV. And you ain't in no environment. Listen, the only anointing flowing out of that TV are for people that are totally outside the kingdom of God, and God is actually trying to impact their house, ultimately to say, now go get in a local body church where I can get you in an atmosphere and utilize you and deploy you for his greatness. Not so you can sit here and be a Christian unto yourself. There is no team that wins by themselves. None. None. No athletic competition is solo. All athletes have a coach yes. and have a team of people around them. They have a coach, then they have someone that helps them medically. If they get into an injury, I mean, they have a dietitian. I mean, there's a whole group, even a, 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 what we consider solo sports, you know, like golfing or whatever. There's a team around them. Even the greatest golfers look to their caddy and say, what do you think? Because, bro... If I, you give me the wrong club right now, I lose $50 million. I mean, talking about pressure from the caddy. 
How much is the caddy getting paid anyway, right? I think you should take a, uh, I don't even know him, putter, right? You know, a wood, uh, uh, number three wood, number three iron, whatever. I'm a putt-putt guy. All right, anyway. And confidently hands it to them. What? They are supposed to be skilled and experts of the course. I recommend this. Now, he can say, no, I'm not. I'm going to take this instead. He could do that. But he listens to the advice of a guy that this shot literally doesn't lay on them, but they'll take the advice of him. Okay, I'm preaching. Amen. So fans rather stay at home in comfort of their own homes than have to be in the crowd. Yet, if they do attend, leaving during the fourth quarter is preferable. This allows them to get out of the parking lot before everyone else. <laughs> to stay for the end is never desirable no matter how close the game is. Gosh, why is it so close? You know what the traffic's going to be like after this game? I'll just listen to this on the radio. All right. Everybody take a deep breath real quick. Just take a deep breath real quick. Ready? If you like to leave during altar call... <laughs> Well, if you're here today and you need to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I'm already born again. I'm out. Let me go grab my kids. But now, pastors, I sometimes it's legit. I have no problem with that. But if it's every time, where are you going? What's the rush? You, we had a water baptism. The last water baptism we had, nobody signed up. I got one usher that said, I didn't sign up, but I heard God. I know I'm supposed to do it, and I'm going to do it. And the usher jumps up. 20 people later, we're done. And people were in the parking lot going to the restaurant and missed the move of God. Power of God falls in. I mean, God could say, I'm just holding out because wait till you, they see what I'm going to do in the last 30 seconds. They have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! And we're like, God, move. God's like, stay around a little bit. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have to move quick for your convenience. Amen. I mean, some of those blowout games, you're like, well, that's blowout. I'm going to go. But some of the greatest plays ever happen after. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, did you see that? But you don't appreciate the whole detail of everything. Oh, those blowout games are boring. Not when it's my team. Because my God is never close. I said he's never close. He's never close. I'm going to say it like this. Even if the Lord sets back and says trials and tribulations, they're going to come. And he lets four quarters up to the last two minutes of the game manifest in your life where it's 67 to zero. He will pull off the greatest comeback in the history of athletics, but it won't be 68 to 67. They'll run up 150 points and blow them out in two minutes. Said that's impossible. You bet, but with God all things are possible. He'll stop time to run it up. Yeah. This is the longest two minutes of my life because we got to get 150 points put up on you, bro. 
because you thought you were going to come in and spank us, devil, but we're going to put a butt whip it on you so bad that you're going to be like, what did we do for the first four quarters all the way up to the last two minutes of the game? We were just sitting down saying, we coming. You feeling confident? Because we fixing a punch in the mouth with Jesus. Amen. There's no cancer that can get you so far. My gosh, death can't even keep you. I said death can't even keep you. Death could come upon a person and Jesus says, oh, we ain't done yet. There's another 20 years of their life. Raise them from the dead and punch the devil in the mouth for the next 20 years. That's the kind of God we serve. So we got to be more passionate than just complacent. See, fans want glory without commitment. Last scripture is this, and we close. Matthew chapter 6, 26, verse 55. Say, I'm not a fan when it comes to Jesus. I am a fan when it comes to the University of Florida. You know, I'll show up maybe. Going to a game's all right. No big deal. Whether they win or lose, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Okay? I'm not, Tony. I'm really not. Okay? I'm not. But I'm going to find you when your team loses, all right? I mean, that's going to happen. I may be watching your team more than mine because I'm trying to recruit you. <laughs> Tony graduated from, the, from Florida State University. He came in here with his little Seminole stuff, and I'm like, we're in the business of changing people's thinking. Maybe you need to become a Gator fan. Until I went to his office and saw his helmet and his jersey and a picture of him tackling somebody for Clemson, I'm like, this may be more difficult than I thought. He went to school there and played football. It, this may run deep. <laughs> Amen. But when his team loses, he's like this on Sunday. Where's pastor? Wanted to see me. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope he could wear orange and blue. Maybe not. But it makes for fun relationship. Because Christ ain't boring. Amen. I'm not of this world anymore, but I can still have fun around things as long as those things don't have me. If I feel my emotions start to heighten based upon something, I just walk away because you don't deserve my attention like that. Only Jesus does. Matthew 26, 55 says, At that time Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me? as you would, would against a robber. Every day I used to sit in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. What do we learn from this passage of scripture concerning a fan? The fan's enthusiasm, enthusiasm is directly proportionate to their feelings, AKA fair weather fans. If your team's winning, they're awesome. If they're losing, man, they stink. They're no good. They're cutting them down. They're cursing them. We got the sorriest defense. We've got this. I don't even know why I stay with that team. Out of the mouth comes blessing and cursing. God's great. The minute you're doing, he does something great for you, but then you go through a trial and he's not, he's kind of insignificant. Well, I ain't got time for church. You know, it's just so hard. It's just so hard. You know, he ain't done nothing for me lately. If the object of their admiration falls, fails to perform as they desire, the fan will turn on them. Many a believer have prayed to God an unscriptural prayer that he can't actually answer, and then they get mad at God for not answering an unscriptural prayer. 
instead of seeking him on how to pray about it, they assume they know what the right answer is. They ask God to bless their way of doing it. And when he cannot, they turn on him. Well, I tried that Christian stuff. Because that which the fan once celebrated in love can become despised and hated. Just because there was a time in your life that you acknowledged Jesus as Master, Lord, Savior does not mean you'll follow that the rest of your life unless you become a true follower and identify the stages. Because when anyone's born again, they should be a follower, but there's some things that take place that they can initially be just a fan. And unless they grow beyond some things to get to a follower status, they can stay at one spot in their relationship with God and choose to go no further and just say, well, at least when I die, I go to heaven. And Jesus is like, that's not the life I gave you. I gave you a life of victory, a life to dominate now, a life to rule and reign today, and a life that has a purpose greater than yourself that I will complete in you if you'll just follow me daily. Submit yourself to me. I'm telling you, the greatest life ever is the life of a follower. It's the greatest life. Say, so is it easy? Football's not easy. And you can get behind. But do you quit? Do you stop? Tony, did you quit? Did you like, forget it, guys. These guys are beating us bad. Actually, Tony was on teams that were dominate. In fact, Tony was on a national championship team. They won it all when Tony was there. They won it all. Do you get down when they're getting behind? Do you get down when you, the route, the, the, the play you did didn't work? Do you get down when you let somebody through or somebody got past? You didn't... No, you get up and say, this is the next play. We're champions. We're going to win. We don't stop. And this is what the life of the believer should look like. Not casually being somewhere, but dedicated to be somewhere.